And all you people, God bless you too. Tonight we continue the Whisper of Satan, number six. And it should be very, 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 very interesting. So hang and hold in there. And uh, first, though, we're trying to cover uh, questions that people have asked and at least maybe one uh, of them being answered during a, a broadcast till we get caught up. <clears throat> and one of them that uh, I've gotten uh, several inquiries on in Second uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verse 7, it talks about the mystery of iniquity. And so people have written me and said, you know, what is this mystery of iniquity? Well, there are a lot of theological explanations of that, and a lot of um, uh, different, uh, you know, church people and preachers that have uh, put all kinds of uh, parallels to it. But I will give you the parallel that uh, I think fits it that's from the Bible, and, uh, and that uh, basically says it in the words of the Bible and in the words of this uh, verse. Uh, you know, the mystery of iniquity does already work. It's something that has already been going on. And interestingly, that is nearly the precise words found in 1 John 2.18. Even now, there are many antichrists. So I think that the fit of that scripture the mystery of iniquity, uh, and that even now there are many antichrists, 1 John 2.18, is very, very fitting. Uh, and, and, you know, if I would remind you of another interesting thing uh, that, that all works in many different aspects. In Genesis 2, verse 4, it speaks about the generations of the heavens and the earth and the day they were created uh, and the day God made the heaven and earth. And then it gives this word and, very famous, important word, uh, you know, because it's like a great ellipsis. Um, and it says, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. And so we see that there was an existence of, uh, via the teaching of Latolution, uh, tying into that quite beautifully, an existence of creation uh, that, that was um, empowered uh, uh, as under the generation of, of its creation, but was not empowered uh, in the sense of being planted uh, to be engendered and come forth in that planting. And I think that, you know, that that kind of application applies also into the spirit realm as well as the physical realm so that there are, um, there are plans and there are forces. Uh, Ephesians 16, uh, pardon me, Ephesians 6, chapter 6 talks about, you know, the war of the uh, principalities of darkness against the principalities of light, and and so that there it has been uh, since the beginning of creation and, and before an ongoing struggle, an ongoing war for the for the minds of um, of the people, 
and uh, and the minds of of course first uh, would be the the angels, and I think that um, incorporated into the uh, statement here in Second Thessalonians verse seven, the mystery of iniquity. Uh, one of the mysteries is just like that example that I read to you in the second chapter of Genesis that regards physical expressions uh, of creation in, in nature being suspended and ready to go uh, but not having yet been planted. I think there are, there are uh, thoughts, uh, there are determinations, uh, there are, are prepared conditions. Uh, these things are already planned and purposed. They're ready to go, uh, but there are forces that, that affect uh, these things. And, and we find that here, like in verse 5. It says, Remember you not that when I was with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. So there are things that are held back and that are not re uh, revealed because it isn't the time. And, and uh, another way of saying it, there are, there are, are situations uh, that hold back uh, these things, uh, and they are allowed to hold them back uh, because uh, uh, it's not the time. But once it is the time, uh, then the Bible talks here in this verse how that uh, the the uh, uh, the coming of of, of Christ, uh, you know, uh, will will uh, cause uh, a, a destruction of this force. And there is some very personas revealed here that are important. It says, only he who, uh, he being a persona, uh, personification, who will now, who now letteth, or who, will, who makes vouchsafe, will let until he is taken out of the way. Uh, and then shall that wicked be revealed. So there is a force that is holding back things that could happen from happening, uh, because generally it's really not the time that people aren't ready. But some of the some of these experiences would happen for some people sooner. But there's a force holding those things back. Uh, but there's coming a day in the eighth verse. It says that the wicked will be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and living wonders. So now this is talking about a particular entity, not actually Satan, but someone uh, so connected to Satan that he is operating after his own order. And uh, we, we refer this, uh, you know, uh, to Revelations 9.11, uh, where it, it reveals uh, uh, quite succinctly, you know, who... Uh, that person is, uh, and we, we will read it. And, and they had a king over them, which is the angel of the bottomless pit, who name, whose name in the Hebrew tongue is Abaddon. And, and we'll just uh, prefer that name over Apollyon, and we'll say Abaddon. And then in some of our teachings, which uh, you know I don't have time to go completely into right now, but in... Um, Ephesians, uh, you know, 6, chapter 6, uh, let me just read a sketch of that because it is quite challenging and quite interesting. I mean, when we get into some of these uh, revelations, uh, it, they are just absolutely enough to make a person want to stand up and, 
and clap their hands because uh, you know they are they're just awesome awesome revelations. So um, uh, in Ephesians six, it talks about uh, uh, the, the scripture that I, I mentioned to you about you know the forces uh, of uh, of darkness and the forces of light. So let's read it here six twelve. For we wrestle not against against flesh and blood. And you need to really get that down. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Uh, some of you people that are uh, into uh, uh, the depths of conspiracies, and I'm not saying all conspiracies are wrong. I'm not even <laughs> beginning to say anything like that. But some of you that have just poured yourself into it might want to reconsider that uh, when you get involved wrestling against flesh and blood, that is not the, that is not the plan of God. That is not the plan of Jesus. But, you know, our war is against principalities and powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Now, when you, uh, when you look up this thing about uh, ruler, ruler, uh, you, you, you will find uh, in, the, in the Greek uh, Strong's Concordance 2888, Greek Strong's Concordance 2888, uh, you will find um, where it talks about... Uh, you know, the cosmocrator, meaning cosmos is universe, and it's talking about a world uh, leader, and it's talking about this cosmocrator, and, uh, and, and I refer him to be in the same person uh, as, as it is referring to here um, uh, f for, uh, uh, you know, uh, the thing about Apollyon and, and, uh, and the, rev the revelation uh, that it is giving there in the ninth uh, chapter, uh, in in which um, it's very very interesting the precision and how they, it ties into Apollyon and Abaddon, uh, because uh, this is right after um, the ninth chapter verse one, in which the fifth angel sounds and a star falls from heaven unto the earth. And and that is obviously talking about uh, Lucifer. And to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. So he's put in control of the bottomless pit, which is not the grave, which is not, uh, you know, in the middle of the, of this earth, but is space. And 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 this space is is a bottomless pit, and he's put in charge of it. And uh, and he, uh, uh, you know, the Bible says that Satan and his angels. Uh, were cast out of of heaven and came down to earth. Uh, now people get confused about Satan's angels and then other angels like of the Ophanim order that that also followed him. But Satan's angels are actually cherubim angels because Satan, as Lucifer, was a cherubim, and these are are cherubim angels that were co-owned to him. They they when you you are co-owned, you are occupying the same space and the same mind. And so they are absolutely one with him. And but there are there are is a total availability that a spirit that is co-owned with with a main leadership spirit can come out and become a separate individual entity and or individual super entity and that of course is what these angels like uh, you you know like it mentions here in nine uh, eleven did uh, as refers to Abaddon which the name means the name is is very very important. Uh, and and it, it refers to um, 
to meaning, uh, you know, like an angel of destruction. It refers to an angel of destruction. This is a, this is exactly what a cosmocrater represents, uh, an angel of destruction that has taken uh, taken a physical body, and it's a very special physical body, uh, um, laminated uh, body uh, that has many uh, person, personas and, and characters and, and and capabilities of remembering who he was before he became the com- cosmocrater. And uh, <clears throat> so it's a very interesting story, and it has to do with, uh, you know, this thing of the, uh, of the secret of the whisper of Satan, because uh, the revelation of the whisper of Satan, of course, is spoken about in the 29th chapter of Isaiah, and then when you look at the words in the 21st chapter of Numbers about where it mentions serpent, and you look up the different words of Nahash, uh, you discover that the, that it comes from the root that means uh, uh, to whisper, and so that every word that is talking about the serpent, uh, that is a true translation, uh, has uh, the word uh, to whisper incorporated in it, and this whisper uh, whisper is sort of like the mystery, you know, of iniquity, uh, the things that that are hidden that are not meant to be known, uh, but there is a whole force that has been assembled. Uh, of um, you know people that are antichrist they 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 were in they were antichrist uh, it says in John uh, even now there are many antichrists so this force was being assembled uh, throughout the, the the course of history and that is all tied in to the mystery of iniquity and he who will let and he who will be will release those people from those bindings. Okay, now we've got to get into the message of the uh, Whisper of Satan number uh, six, and we were talking on the revelation of the pomegranate cluster, a manifest revelation uh, given to me uh, some uh, long time ago uh, that is of the most deep and profound revelation about the future. And uh, we're going to uh, look at that, uh, you know, very, very carefully. Uh, we were talking uh, last week in the Old Testament, Exodus uh, 28, and we were reading, uh, like, from uh, ver- verse 33, 28, 33 of Exodus, and we read about uh, beneath the hem of it, thou shalt make a pomegranate, a blue, a purple, and scarlet, and we showed that all of these colors have meanings uh, that throughout the Bible, uh, the Bible is full of mentioning these physical things that are shadows and types. <clears throat> Colossians 2.17 mentions about things that are revealed as a shadow of things to come. Hebrews 8.5 speaks of examples, types that are shadows of heavenly things. So we, we know this is a methodology of God in the Bible, and that there are many physical things that are that are an expression of spiritual uh, heavenly meanings, and and so uh, we also then come to understand, uh, according to the teachings of Jesus, that of those uh, meanings, uh, there are are different levels. There are like three different levels, and this is so absolutely important uh, to get into understanding that those three different levels that Jesus mentioned, the 30-fold, the 60-fold, and the 100-fold, these are all different levels. 
and we're going to talk, uh, you know, on that just a, a little bit deeply here. But uh, first, uh, I, I want to compare a scripture for you that uh, you, you will, you know, be able to have total backing. Uh, of course, if I gave you all the scriptures that I could use to back these teachings, uh, <laughs> it would be it would be pretty pretty awesome. Uh, to be able to keep up with it. But in in the 22nd chapter of Proverbs, verse 19 uh, and 20, it says, That thy trust may be in the Lord, I have made known to thee this day, even to thee, I have made known to thee, and have not I written to thee excellent things in counsels uh, and knowledge. Uh, Well, this word excellent things is such an obvious mistranslation that I don't want to say it's almost funny, uh, but it, it wouldn't take you very long to to go to to Strong's and and look it up, and you'd be able to see that that the word that actually is going there, you know, is that that it, it is talking about, uh, you know, a a totally different thing. It is is talking about, uh, you know, these these different uh, you know levels of of understanding. And uh, you'll be able to see that once you you get into it, uh, uh, and you see what it's really talking about. Uh, these thirty, sixty, uh, hundred, hundredfold. Uh, you, I'll, I'll give you some of the scriptures real fast. Uh, Matthew thirteen eight and twenty three. Matthew nineteen twenty nine. Mark ten thirty, and Luke eight eight. And uh, you know. Um, what is really supposed to be there instead of the word excellent is threefold. And the threefold that it's talking about is the 30, the 60, and the 100 being three divisions of knowledge. Because we know when the Bible talks about the deeper things uh, of God, uh, you cannot have deeper unless you have something up above the deep that is not, not deep. And that's what makes deep is that you have something that goes below a surface and then below a quantity of depth, and then eventually you know, you're know, you getting deeper and deeper the further down that you go. So when you say deep or deepest, you're talking about a quality of, of being at a level that is uh, profoundly deep. And, and so then you have these other levels that are above it. And so you've got 30-fold, and you've got 60-fold, and you've got 100-fold. And even before that, you've got surface, you know. So so this scripture was talking about that, and that just perfectly ties in, uh, you know, to this shadow and a type, and, and how that these various... Uh, terms that are being used throughout the Old Testament when they're, when they're talking about you know the incense table they're talking about the candelabrum uh, when they're talking about uh, the weight of the gold or the silver uh, the kind of wood that is used the furnishings, the sacred items uh, all of those have uh, meanings that represent uh, heavenly spiritual things and, and, uh, and then not only do they have meanings but they have have a 30, 60, 100 fold revelation uh, to each one of those so, so that there are different depths of understanding those things. Uh, it's, it's like that scripture, you know, uh, when someone says, uh, you know, uh, 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 I'm an ear ministry. 
and 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 you don't look anything like my our ministry at all. You 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 are not an ear ministry, you know. You you look like a nose. You are not an uh, an ear ministry, or maybe the the nose ministry says, well, I'm a nose ministry, and you know you don't look anything like us at all. You look like an eye, and and you know you're not into the right ministry because you should be in the nose ministry. And the, Paul explains that you know all of these different ministries are part of the body. They're all part of the same body, but they have a different function. And, and so the Bible says there are differences of administration, uh, but all the same spirit. As we begin to understand that, we'll begin to understand how that someone might speak something by a surface meaning, and it could be relevant to the truth as it is a surface explanation. Another person might speak a 30-fold explanation, and that would be relative to the truth in the 30-fold uh, explanation, and etc. with the 60-fold and the 100-fold. And so we have to be tolerant of people. We have to be tolerant and, and give people lots of room and not judge people as they are you know, going up Jacob's stairs because the stairway has different levels. And the fellow that is, or, or the fellow or, or lady or the person that is on step one will have a different insight than the person that is on step two. And by the time you get up to the 12th step, uh, you know, you're going to be seeing things collectively quite different than the person that's on step one, two, three, or four. So, so let's just be open-minded and, and let's not judge because judging is a nasty, ugly thing. Uh, and so we, we shared with you last week uh, from this 33rd verse of Exodus 28, uh, talking about the hymn. Uh, the word hymn also is the same as meaning fringe. And, and, and the fringe word is, uh, you know, a very, very interesting word. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, you can find it in the dictionary. Uh, it's a zizith. Z-I-Z-I-T-H, uh, also spelled in the, in the concordant references, uh, references as T-S-I-T-S-I-T-H. Uh, the manifest uh, spells it Z-Z-I-T-H. Instead of Z-I-Z, it's Z-Z-I-T-H. And, and uh, the word means fringe. Uh, the manifest explains it as meaning uh, spacecrafts uh, out in the fringe of space. And, uh, and uh, those being spiritual, uh, uh, you know, uh, craft that, that the angels take. Now, um, I was talking to a fellow here the other night, and he was quite, uh, you know, uh, profound uh, with the uh, thought that the angels would need a spacecraft to get around in. He just thought they would they would uh, zip and and uh, uh, just you know as a spirit uh, just fly through the air in in, in, a, in a zip and and uh, that would be how spirits would get around. And I explained to him that uh, when the angels come from the first domain, which is the heaven of heavens, and they come into the infinity of the universe which is a subduction zone, um, <clears throat> they have to take physical bodies in order to communicate uh, with, with uh, other kind of inhabitants. And, and uh, without that, um, they, they, they cannot really uh, communicate as a spirit. Uh, it's it's uh, uh, not a 100% 
impossible thing, uh, but generally finding the person that is able to have uh, the the um, integrity of mind to be able to uh, communicate to the spirit is, is you know rare and, and far apart. So it needs to be a body. That's why in most all cases in which angels are are shown to have appeared and be described in the Bible, they are described with having physical bodies, and and that is very biblical, and that is the reason. So so uh, uh, having a physical body then. Uh, goes along uh, in the book of uh, Genesis 1 uh, when it says, uh, in the beginning, the gods created the heavens and the earth because the word was Elohim. Uh, now, I know that uh, people can say, well, yes, but the the, the pronoun he and, and, the, and, and the, the masculine verb uh, uh, changes it from a... Um, you know, from a, 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 a plural word, Elohim, to Elo, Eloha, a singular. Uh, but the thing that uh, a person must not ever fail to recognize, uh, that um, what takes uh, precedence over any kind of um, vowel connection or, or um, uh, uh, English type of connection with pronouns and, and uh, with uh, verbs um, uh, is the context. And if the context uh, gives the, the statement, then that is the answer. And when uh, the Bible was originally written, uh, you know, there were no, no verbs and pronouns that could, that could be um, uh, guaranteed to be in place uh, because there were, there, you know, the vowels were not there. The vowels had to be put in. And, and uh, all of the letters uh, were, were ran together. There was no separation of letters. There was no uh, lines of, 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 you know, these words in the sense like uh, making paragraphs and, and sentences because there was no punctuation of commas and periods. And uh, uh, sometimes um, uh, a particular letter uh, would only be used one time and it was to be understood uh, that there was to be, there was to be two or three of those letters, uh, and the reason they would understand that is by the context. Everything was understood by the context, and that's how they would know whether to pluralize a word or not, uh, or make it singular. Uh, because if you go into the Hebrew or the Greek uh, words, many of the words like spirit and and uh, other words similar to that, uh, the same word for plural. It's the same word for singular. And so the, the only way you really know to make it singular or plural is by the context. It is the ruling authority of the scripture. So in Genesis 1, it's very, very clear that, you know, there were others mentioned. Let us make man in our image. And it's not talking about making man in the image of the invisible God, because if that were the case, all the people on earth would be invisible. Uh, so uh, it's not talking about making invisible humans in the image of the, of the, the uttermost God, but it's talking about <clears throat> in the image of these angels who were gods, because angels and gods means the same thing. And it's talking about made in their image with their the physical bodies that they had taken. And so they said, look, why don't we just make the humans with 
physical bodies like what we have. And they thought, well, that's a good idea. We've tested these bodies. They're good. And so the Bible says that humans were wonderfully made. And uh, we can believe that because within our body is a whole pharmaceutical, uh, uh, you know, availability uh, to heal ourselves if, if uh, we are able just to turn on uh, the body as God has gifted it to be. Okay, on on and on. So then, uh, back to Exodus uh, 28, um, we discovered that, you know, it talked about in the verse 33, uh, the pomegranates of blue, of purple, and scarlet, and we explained those to blue as being the 30-fold, a 30,000 magnitude, uh, purple 60-fold, a 60,000 magnitudes, and, and scarlet 100-fold, 100,000 magnitudes. And we went on to explain, you know, the hymn as being the fringe, fringe of space. Verse 34 talks about around the hymn of the priest's garment, there was a golden bell, then a pomegranate. A golden bell, then a pomegranate. And it made the circuit all the way around the hem or the fringe of the robe. And we remember the, the importance of the word hem or fringe because there, when Jesus was ministering, there was a woman that reached out and touched the hem of his garment and was healed. And, uh, and uh, you know, theologically, uh, in uh, ancient literature and so forth, it is said that Jesus wore that kind uh, of a garment. And, and so he would have had some of these symbols on his garment. Uh, that being the case or not being the case doesn't change the case. But it is interesting to compose. Uh, so let us go on. And then we, we talked about, um, you know, um, uh, how that uh, uh, the spirit uh, is, is mentioned, um, uh, you know, that, that when... Uh, Aaron would go before the Lord to minister. These bills had a capability of making a particular sound, and the sound was a message, and that that message uh, cleared everything so that he could go in before the Lord and not die. That's in verse 35. And uh, then it went on about the holiness unto the Lord, and, and it's quite amazing when it talked about uh, verse 38, it shall be upon Aaron's forehead that Aaron may bear the iniquity of the holy things. And we talked about how important it is that, you know, uh, to recognize this because most people think that, you know, the only thing you would bear is the iniquity of the, of the wicked things. But, but probably one of the biggest jobs and, and the, the one, one of the, the <clears throat> most extensive important jobs that need to be done right now, especially among all the people that call themselves Christians and believers in the church world, is to bear the iniquity of, of the holy things uh, that these people are doing uh, in diverse and are doing improperly and doing in error. And, and yet, to, to bear the iniquity uh, so that God will have mercy on these people as fellow believers in Jesus Christ. And so uh, that is very, very important, you know, to, to bear that iniquity and, and to be interested. Uh, down in the, um, uh, the 39th verse, it, it talked about the needlework, uh, which imposes two things. It imposes a, a, a lattice-type uh, cloth, and then it also imposes a needle, a needle's eye. And so those are both two sacred uh, uh, you know, descriptions of, of 
mystery of God things. Jesus talks about, you know, how that a camel could be made to fit through a needle's eye. And, and, and there is a, certainly a mystery of exposition about that and understanding how that uh, there, the disposition that is in nature uh, is, is not only, uh, not always a, a, um, a set in concrete figure, uh, but, but there is the power to overwhelm <clears throat> uh, some of these laws and to dissolve them and, and make them susceptible to the workings and the power of God. And, and so that whole thing about the lattice then, uh, the lattice putting things in the, the perspective, you know, of the vertical, the horizontal, and, and which is the lineup and putting those in multiple perception uh, so that it's almost like, uh, you know, the way people are discovering uh, many uh, mathematical uh, interesting things about uh, fractions and, and, uh, and then taking it even uh, further uh, to, to all, all kinds of, of other kinds of insights, uh, you know, that they have, they have never uh, really expanded on. And, um, uh, you know, uh, the elimination of fractions is probably one of the greatest uh, interposes of revelation. Uh, how that things have a, a total summation, uh, summation attributed to them. And though they may only appear to be in a, a, a segment of fraction, uh, they actually are uh, in a wholeness uh, of proposal. And that wholeness of proposal is, is uh, credited to them as though they had the whole thing, uh, even though they don't have the whole thing. But because it is credited to them, then uh, there is no differentiation in the final tally uh, of, of not having uh, that wholeness of things. Uh, but is accounted as though you did have that wholeness of things because in the Spirit of God through the Holy, Holy Ghost, uh, things can be uh, brought uh, in, into a summation that cannot be brought into a summation by just physical attribute. <clears throat> so then we went on and, and we talked about uh, that this whole thing in verse 43 at the end of the verse was said it would be a, a stature forever. And, uh, and so those are all absolutely uh, interesting things, and they're shadows and types, and the you know, Bible is full of shadows and types. Uh, we discovered a long time ago about rivers and waters being a shadow and type. And we found in the 17th chapter of Revelations, verse 15, that waters and rivers and, and, and so forth of that nature can represent peoples, nations, tongues, and kindred. And, and that mountains have a representation. Horns have a representation. On and on and on with all these different signets of, of, of symbolic examples that are given. Uh, and, and they're important to know because that is how you can make your way uh, on, on the path of knowledge through the Bible. Now, these people that are, uh, spend their whole life trying to find contradictions in the Bible, uh, they are just uh, spending ignorant time uh, because when the Bible is truly understood, and it doesn't matter even if somehow there were a mistake, <coughs> excuse me, if there were a mistake that was made in the Bible by a scribe or copier, by the Holy Spirit, 
anything and everything uh, can, can, can be uh, materialized or spiritualized uh, to, to mean an inference of something uh, for why whatever happened did happen, whatever was presented was presented, uh, because the Bible is a living book. And as a living book, it can incorporate everything that was, everything that is, and everything that is to be. And therefore, it has uh, a burning and melting power, uh, you know, to fusion everything together. And when it's all fusioned together, uh, that which is a part uh, becomes an explanation of that which is a whole. And and therefore, uh, the totality of it all is the summa- summation of it all, and, and it is complete uh, in, in the revelation of the Holy Spirit. So uh, it, it's a beautiful thing when you really understand it from those perspectives, you know. <clears throat> okay, now... Um, we want to, you know, go on a little bit with uh, this thing on the, the pomegranate. Uh, the pomegranate grows on a tree. It looks something like an apple, uh, but it's quite different from an apple. And when you open it up, it has all these clusters in it of fruit. And, uh, and, and in the manifest, we call those eyes. And uh, uh, there are a lot of, uh, you know, interesting things uh, in the Bible said about eyes. Uh, let's just turn to the book of Revelations, and we'll read a few of them. Uh, look at Revelations uh, verse 1, chapter uh, 1, verse 14. And it says, um, talking about the Son of Man, talking about the Lord, His head and His hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and His eyes were as a flame of fire. Now, this thing about the eyes is actually important to understand. Let's look at uh, chapter 2, uh, verse 18. 2.18 says uh, in Revelations, And the angel of the church of Thyatira write these things, saith the Son of God, who, has his, who hath his eyes like a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. Those are all symbolic meanings, very, very important to understand. Uh, chapter 4, verse 5 through 8 in Revelations says, Out of the throne proceedeth lightnings and thunderings and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. Uh, out of the throne proceedeth. So we, we know that, uh, that this, this fire, you know, is is uh, a thing of God. Now we got to read on through the through the uh, eighth verse. And behold the throne. Behold, and before the throne there was a sea of glass, likened to crystal. And in the midst of the throne, around about the throne, were full of four beasts, four beasts, full of eyes before and behind. <clears throat> now we have four beasts that are described, and they have eyes before them, and they have eyes behind them, okay? And, um, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it goes on, uh, you know, with, with other explanations. You can take the time, like in verse 8. <clears throat> and the four beasts had each of them six wings about them, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not uh, day or night, saying, Holy, Holy, 
holy, uh, Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And that is the revelation. The people that only deal with the present and the future uh, are are missing uh, the full revelation of the Word and of the Bible, and and uh, they're not ever going to be able to put it together without getting the rest of that knowledge of that which was, that which is, and that which is to come. And uh, as I've explained quite a few times now, and I am not worried of explaining it again, but in the um, uh, the the first chapter of Revelations, verse 19. John was instructed to write the things which thou hast, which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. So he was told that the revelation of revelation would incorporate about that which was, about that which is, and about that which is to come. And and we must not, must not, must not forget that because it is extremely uh, important uh, in Revelations. Um, Five, uh, six. Let's read real fast about these seven spirits of God. What it says there. Five, six. And I beheld and lo, the midst of the throne, and now the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood as a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. Now here we see that those seven eyes represent seven spirits. And seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God. Uh, but that is not always the only thing that they represent, especially when uh, there is a description of eyes uh, uh, being on all parts of the body of the entity. And we, we will go further with this. Uh, let's look at uh, uh, Proverbs. Uh, and uh, let's just see what, what you know Proverbs has to add on this. And uh, it, it, you know, it is interesting to get a perspective of all these different scriptures because they they give you uh, you know an extension uh, so that you can put things in a a range of perspective that is beyond what a person would think just by the flesh. So uh, Proverbs 15 verse 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place. Beholding the evil and the good. Uh, there, there is not anywhere that when you consider the doctrine of God is represented, that somewhere, no matter where it is, whether the Bible says you reach to hell or you go up to heaven, you know, the Spirit of the Lord is there as represented. And, and that is a very, very important uh, understanding. Now, if we go to Ezekiel chapter 10, then... Um, We'll read uh, another little ditty here that uh, that is worth uh, putting on the fireplate. Uh, chapter 10, verse 12. And their whole body, now get a hold of this one. This is talking about, uh, you know, the, the cherubim. And it mentions the cherubim in verse 9. And in verse 12 it says, And their whole body, and their backs, and their hands, and their wings, and the wheels were full of of eyes around about even the wheels they forehead. Let's read that one more time. And their whole body, their backs, their hands, their wings, their and, and the wheels were full of eyes around about even the wheels that they forehead. So this thing about wheels is not some uh, minor little revelation. It is a it is a, a major revelation. Uh, it, it, it ties into uh, something that you know God does not want us to be ignorant at. Now look at Zechariah chapter four verse ten. Um, 
For, the, for who has despised the day of small things? For they shall rejoice, and they shall see the plummet in the hand as a rubabil with those seven. They are the eyes of the Lord, which run to and fro through the whole earth. Now, <clears throat> when we really get into the revelation, when we really get into moving by the Spirit, then we move into a universal mind and a universal ministry. Like in verse 14 of this same chapter 4 of Zechariah. Then said he, These are the two anointed ones that stand by the Lord of the whole earth. There is a deep and profound revelation here that uh, is not to be missed. Now, while we're in, in, in uh, Zechariah, let's look at um, uh, verse uh, chapter 3, uh, verse um, 9. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua, upon one stone shall be seven eyes. And, and there is a complete revelation about these seven eyes in the Holy Manifest book. And... and uh, Praise God, one day we will get that printed and uh, get that out to the people. It's a very big book. And, and, and these things are so profound and they're so beautiful. But, uh, you know, as for right now, uh, we can get uh, a lot of good, uh, you know, parts and pieces of this. And uh, that, 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 is, uh, that is what for sure is absolutely uh, important. Now, um, Jesus has talked about... You know, the eyes being the light into the body. And and uh, as we begin to connect with this pomegranate cluster, and we look on the hem of the garment, <clears throat> there is a pomegranate and a bell. A pomegranate and a bell. A pomegranate and a bell. The bell is, like, made out of gold. And um, and so there there is a symbolism, a big symbolism, you know of 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 uh, of the bell. Uh, we can think in terms of uh, <clears throat> of a bell having a rim. Uh, the rim represents the curve of a circle. We can think of the bells ringing that they have they have uh, they have rings. Um, we can think in terms that the very word rims can also mean a a, a ring. Like you know, a ring around not not a sound ring, that's like something that has a ring that has a sound, but another kind of a ring, like a circle. Uh, there, of course, is incorporated both meanings, but but uh, you'll see why I'm getting to this uh, here before too long because uh, there is uh, you know a really really an important understanding of these of these kind of things, and uh, we're going to. Uh, uh, get into uh, Ezekiel just a little bit more, and and uh, you know look for some of these uh, explanations because uh, they're important. Now let's turn to Ezekiel chapter one, <clears throat> and um, let's start with verse fifteen. And now I, as I beheld the living creatures, behold one wheel upon the earth by the living creatures with its four faces. The appearance of the wheels and their work was the uh, likened to the color of beryl, and they four had one likeness, and their uh, and their appearance and their work was as it were a wheel in the middle of a wheel. And when they went, they went on four sides, and they turned not when they went. Now get a hold of this one, 
As for their rings, R-I-N-G-S, they were so high that they were dreadful, and their rings were full of eyes around about them. Now, when you understand that these four creatures were being represented in proxy by the cherubims, who are the guardian uh, angels and the good watchers, the good watchers, uh, that that uh, <clears throat> it is representing the four kinds of humankind, and and so there is a a connection of what those uh, cherubim angels are 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 involved in their proxies as representing that belongs to aspects of understanding and application of the four kinds of human beings who are in chapter 12 of, of, of the book of Revelations, the angels that were cast down from heaven, one-third of the angels. Now, one-third of the angels meaning there were three groups of angels that came to this galaxy, the cherubim, the seraphims, and the ophanims. The word ophanim comes from the word wheel. So when you look up the word wheel singular, it's ophan. And it's the singular for Ophanim, which is, is, represents a kind of angels. And you wouldn't have to look very deeply into to the Jewish uh, history of words to understand the, the meaning of that, that it is referring to angels. And so as we begin to see this incredible revelation, and even where there is a persona, persona of these terms, where the word wheel has been personified as a person. Now, I know there's people say, well, that wheel in the middle of the wheel, that's a flying saucer. Or, you know, uh, uh, well, uh, you know, don't, don't jump the gun too fast there. Uh, there are inferences uh, for sure, uh, but uh, let's make sure we have them at the right point uh, and at the right time. Uh, right now, let's think in terms of, you know, the 30, 60, 100 fold, and let's think in terms of uh, you know, a 30-fold revelation. 30-fold revelation representing the human body, which is a wheel, and the um, spirit of the human body, which is, a, 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 which is a wheel. And so you've got the spirit that is within the physical wheel, and it's a spirit wheel. So you have a wheel within a wheel. Now it just so happens that everywhere the body goes, the spirit goes, because the body, Bible says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So if the if the if the spirit uh, if the body walks out the door of the house, the spirit walks out with him. If the body turns around, uh, the the spirit turns around with him. The body goes up the ladder, the spirit goes up the ladder with him, and it's the perfect description here in the Bible uh, of what happens uh, when the, the, the wheel in the middle of the wheel moves in synchronization uh, with, uh, the <clears throat> with the angels that are in proxy representing. Now, there's these different kinds of angels. There's a seraphim uh, described, I think, in the fifth chapter of, um, of Isaiah as the sixth-winged angels. 
And then in many different places in the Bible, uh, you can find the cherubims as representing the four-winged angels and the ophanim as representing the two-winged angels. Uh, those are designations of, of kinds of ministry. And it doesn't mean one is more powerful necessarily than the other. They're ministerial designations. Um, okay. So now we have these rings that are so high they're dreadful and we see that the ring can be connected to the bell that in the shadow and type in Ezekiel which I, I read to you uh, like in uh, uh, you know uh, Exodus uh, uh, 39.26 and Exodus 28.34 uh, we have the uh, the priest garment and at the, at the the hem or at the the fringe of it, we have a pomegranate and a bell. A pomegranate and a bell. A pomegranate and a bell. Uh, there's the different colors of the pomegranate. Uh, so there is the thirty, sixty, hundredfold revelation there. Um, the 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 pomegranate uh, is known for its fruit, and that is an automatic uh, to be understood. And and uh, and these angels are described with every part of their body. They have the eyes within, they have the eyes without. Here we have the pomegranate with all these special kinds of fruit that are in this cluster within. And uh, I I call those uh, the pomegranate eyes. Uh, the you know the the being able to see within. They're pomegranate eyes, but these see within capabilities also are able to project out uh, into time and into space and uh, uh, there is uh, the capability of uh, <clears throat> what I talked about uh, last week of with the knowledge of God to be able to collapse the axiom constant uh, that is uh, you know in uh, the universe uh, the axiom uh, constant uh, are things uh, like uh, the second law of thermodynamics, also called uh, the uh, law of increasing entropy. And uh, this uh, law of, uh, of increasing entropy, uh, you know, is uh, uh, described in, in different ways. But the, the, the main idea is that all systems uh, have a tendency toward uh, the most mathematical problematical state which is to eventually become totally random and uh, and disorganized, and uh, and this of course a lot of evolutionists have a problem with this uh, because you know they see things uh, somehow improving in a lot of cases, but uh, no matter how that we do look at it, uh, uh, things left to themselves eventually go to pieces. Wood rots, steels steel rusts, uh, buildings fall apart. Uh, all kinds of things like that, uh, uh, which, uh, you know, is described in, in this little uh, Laws of Nature uh, thing that I have here uh, that, it, that talks about the second law of, um, of uh, you know, thermodynamics. So um, uh, as we, we begin to see that and we begin to see the conservation of mass, uh, how that uh, uh, there is uh, implied... A, a conservation principle uh, so that in the sense um, nothing can ever be destroyed uh, you know uh, uh, you know uh, the idea of conservation um, matter 
uh, if we want to call it matter, uh, when particles uh, which are considered to be matter, uh, such as electrons and positrons, are annihilated and make photons, uh, uh, you know, which are a lot of times not considered matter. Uh, it, it, the, the, the conservation of matter, uh, you know, uh, is still considered in the fact that one thing just changes from one form to another form, that the energy is always there. And, and so in the sense of matter being an energy uh, that, and it changing from one form to another, uh, that is all taken in and understood under the conservation of mass uh, and, and, and uh, rel uh, relative to, to the second law of thermodynamics. Now, uh, that's not my message today. I could really get into some of that scientific stuff in a, in a very deep, profound way. But uh, <clears throat> I don't think I want to... Uh, to do that right now because there's too many uh, important good things that we we want to get into. We're talking about these rings that are full of eyes and they're so high that they are dreadful, which the better word would be, they are awesome. They are awesome. They are so high. So, you know, what is this, this revelation? Well, there is a revelation here in this pomegranate, you know, uh, that, that uh, really enfolds the idea of collapsing the axiom uh, of the constant. Uh, these constants that people say cannot be changed, they're a guarantee. Uh, they're going to happen no matter what. They're, they're laws of the universe. Well, uh, you know, in a general application, there's a certain amount of, of uh, truth to it. But in a spiritual application, uh, they can be overridden. And, and, and their, their um, axioms and, and constants can, can be uh, put into a collapse uh, so that they, they have no capability of, of impeding uh, any of the actions uh, that the spiritual um, uh, effort is, is uh, engendering to be put forth. And um, uh, this is very, very, uh, you know, important because just as uh, I mentioned uh, last week, when the spirit uh, travels through space, um, you know, space is collapsed. So to get from one star to another star is just almost instant because uh, a spirit is, is uh, uh, you know, um, does not... Uh, extend itself through space as would a physical body, uh, you know, and so uh, space is like nothing, and therefore when you collapse the space, you collapse time, and you collapse the distance, and so when time and distance and the dimensions that those represent are collapsed, well, that is an axiom that is made to be collapsed, and when that is collapsed, then time is no more, those dimensions are no more, and and uh, the the uh, differentiation that occurred that made it to be a journey of an expanded period of time it does not no longer exist, uh, and that's just one very uh, you know easy example that one day we will we will really get into an explanation of, um, <clears throat> but um, as we go on with this and we start thinking of all these terms. We start thinking of, of, of the bell, and, and, and it has a ring, and, and uh, th this ring, which is the bottom part of the bell, um, 
you know, is 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 like a circuit and a circuit, a circle and a circuit, and uh, uh, it it uh, connects to this. The bells were so high. Uh, when we use the word high, uh, all that can that doesn't have to just mean how high up off the ground, like height. It can mean all kinds of other things. Very, very interesting, and uh, it can have to do with the uh, the the uh, uh, the acceleration or the acceleration. Uh, it, it can have to do uh, with with the fervency of uh, spiritual magnitudes. Uh, it can have to do with um, the uh, mental broadcast that enables one to see and to know uh, everything about uh, what it is confronting in the universe. And and so uh, the the thing of it is these creatures here that are the ophidims that are obviously moving in a vehicle, in, in, you know, in in uh, above the the earth and uh, and are representing these things. Uh, there is and as part of this re- revelation, the pomegranate pomegranate. Um, uh, revelation of of the the cluster, which is this fruit cluster, which represents these eyes within, and and uh, as we begin to see that that is then connected in relevance to a bell, which is connected to the ring, uh, which is connected to the rim, and the rim is the same kind of thing as would be equal to represent in a garment, the fringe or the hinge. So all of these things are interconnected via a description that moves from one symbolism to another symbolism. And that they are related is, is no question to be denoted because around the hymn of the garment of the holy priest, they follow one after the other. The pomegranate, the bell, the pomegranate, the bell, the pomegranate, the bell. And until they make the full circle, they are a complete fringe revelation that encircles the garment and they give off a sound that allows a person to to uh, uh, be able to go before God and before the holy things and and uh, and not be uh, uh, not die from that experience uh, because the bells uh, are able to give out this special sound now not like you know someone wearing uh, a bell just to uh, make a noise to let other animals know where they are. Uh, the, the, this very uh, carefully is made to be understood that it, it is a particular sound that is coming forth that is recognized by the spirit of the holy place. And, and so it is quite uh, beautiful of intonation and quite beautiful of revelation. Uh, we only have to grasp it and, and with our hands hold it and, and, and put it up to our mouths and, and eat it and drink it because it is a divine oracle uh, that can be tasted. Blessed be the name of God. And uh, as, as, we, as we, um, you know, we, we get into this, uh, you know, um, in Canticles... Um, Four, three, and, and six, seven. Um, it talks about a piece of pomegranate being placed up by the temples. Uh, the temples are connected to the, you know, the cognizance 
of of the person uh, that aspect that is connected to the hemispheres and 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 the cognitive aspects of the brain and and so we we see them uh that on the sides of the brains uh sort of to the side of the eyes in the human body uh this recognition uh and this use in symbolism uh but it tied it right into a beautiful connection of of love uh how precious and abiding that that revelation is and how important then that uh, we not miss to capture uh, this pearl of great price which has been unfolded in the Bible and there are so many of these and and many many pages of the Old Testament have been taken up uh, you know with, with uh, the rooms of of the holy articles and and and, and God com, com, uh, uh, carefully repeating and saying be sure that you make it after the pattern that I was given to the on on the, on the mount uh, that there is there is an exact pattern that represents an exact uh, symbolism of coded uh, insights uh, to mysteries of God that are meant to be known. And so as we start unfolding these things, uh, they're not incidental. Uh, they're not something just to, you know, to say, oh, yeah, that was in the Old Testament. Uh, because, you know, we are not going to throw away any of the Bible. Jesus didn't come to destroy the Old Testament or the Old Law. He came to fulfill it. And in fulfilling it, uh, he changed it from what it was in, involved in as an unfulfilled uh, uh, um, instrument uh, and completed it to become a fulfilled instrument, therefore having all of the playing keys that heretofore it did not have, being therefore able to produce sounds and tones and, and, and memra that it could not produce before it was fulfilled. And so these are beautiful, beautiful things that Jesus did you know, uh, when he nailed our sins and the old law that was attached to them that was so unmerciful to the cross. And uh, it, it, it is just uh, something that God is moving us by. Now, we know that in Galatians 4, 22, 26, I mentioned this different times, it talks about the two mountains, it talks about the two covenants, it talks about the free woman and the bondwoman and how that they were allegories <clears throat> allegories of these two mountains. And uh, uh, we see that this story is Old, is Old Testament, New Testament. Uh, shadows and types uh, are, are very important to know that without knowing these things, we cannot come into the, the deep understanding of that which was, that which is, and that which is to come. They are all very, very important. So we have, you know, the bells or the rings, the rings and the rims, the rims and the curves, the circuit, the fringes. Uh, we have the pomegranates, uh, cluster, the eyes. Um, the, these are, are just all uh, part of a beautiful message. Even uh, some of the um, ancient theologians that were involved uh, in uh, in the Jewish uh, uh, deep religious insights, uh, saw these uh, threads of the uh, thirteen fringes as symbolizing the six hundred and thirteen commandments in the Hebrew scriptures. Uh, if you take the six hundred and thirteen scriptures and you add them horizontally, um, 
you know, uh, it, 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 it is uh, very interesting. 613 in, uh, equals 10 equals the Ten Commandments. And uh, so, so there are absolutely beautiful things that are connected here. Um, even back in 82, they began working with computer chips uh, that were made with x-rays. And uh, they, they called uh, these uh, computer chips... Um, uh, computer chips that see, that they were eyes. And so the idea of even uh, phys physically being able to make robots, maybe eventually androids, uh, that will have these intelligent uh, pieces of equipment in them that will allow, uh, allow them uh, by uh, these chips to see what our human eye cannot see, and and is sort of like, uh, you know, being full of eyes on the backs, on the front, on the arms, on the wings, inside. Uh, it, 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 it is the future. It, it's got to do with, uh, you know, divine perception, intellectual decep uh, perception. Uh, it is all part of, of uh, the mystery of of that which is, uh, is coming, and uh, it uh, it, it is a, an exciting thing. It is so exciting. So um, um, uh, let's look at Deuteronomy 22.12. Uh, let me just read that and throw that in here before we get on this subject to a little other area. Deuteronomy 22.12. Um, <clears throat> Twenty-second chapter, Deuteronomy, verse twelve says, "Thou shalt make the fringes upon the four quarters of thy vesture, wherewith thou coverest thyself." So this thing of the fringes uh, is using the same term uh, that it would normally be like him uh, to also represent fringes. Um, there are some technical people that would disagree and have a difference between him and fringe. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I definitely do not agree with them. Uh, so here we go. We, we're, we're really moving uh, in, into uh, cycles of spinnings. We're going up. We're going up. And beautiful things, you know, are happening. And uh, God's uh, Spirit is working. I know in uh, 1 Kings uh, 7.42, it talks about the networks that were upon the top of the pillars. And there was uh, two rows of pomegranates that were involved with this network. Uh, as we begin to look at that <clears throat> and also see things like there were brass pomegranates made and put on the top of the pillars. And, uh, and we think of the Bible when it talks about the people who were pillars in the church. Uh, there is uh, just uh, these networks. Uh, when Jesus said, uh, you know, that that the kingdom of God is like a net. Think of the think of this uh, word here, networks, and and how that these pomegranates are entwined with the subject. They're a part of the subject. Uh, they're at the top of the pillar, and there's a message there. They're just not trying to decorate it. They're just not trying to make it look attractive. It is it 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 uh, uh, you know in in, in 
incorporates that aspect, but beyond that, there is something profound and deep and a message. And so this whole message of the pomegranate cluster uh, is about this fringe revelation uh, that is in the Bible. And there are dozens and dozens and dozens of scriptures, and we're just touching on it tonight. Uh, it's going to take, you know, a lot of teachings to really get in and to really cover uh, all these kind of things, you know. So now, <clears throat> I want uh, to give you an example, then, uh, to talk about. Let's, um, let, let's look about uh, some of the prophecies that were given about um, Tyre and Tyrus. Uh, like in in the book of uh, of uh, Ezekiel, for instance, uh, there are uh, some really really important uh, uh, you know revelations, uh, <clears throat> and uh, this this is going to be quite profound to you people as I I get into this story, because um, it it is so sad that. Um, the full meaning of the revelation of these revelations haven't been out before now because it is it has just left people in the dark and uh, and and they don't have the full story to tell they don't have the full revelation to tell uh, you know um, uh, it, it, it it is nothing but sad you know uh, and and I, I want to have you know the, these things? I want you to be able to have these revelations because uh, they're absolutely uh, the wonderful revelation uh, that that God has uh, for His people. Okay, we're going to get into the story of Tyre and and Tyrus. Uh, these are these are incredible stories in Ezekiel and uh, and in and in several other parts of of the the Bible, uh, but they are not understood in, in their entirety by any means. They they have been been basically misunderstood, and uh, and as a consequence of it, um, uh, it has caused people to think to think that the Bible was uh, in error, that the prophecies were not true. Other people have been able to read it so that the prophecies are true. Uh, but in the 26th chapter of Ezekiel, uh, it says, Son of man, uh, because that Tyrus has said, uh, has said against Jerusalem, Aha, she is broken. That was the gates of the people. She is turned unto me. I shall be replenished. Now she is laid waste. Therefore saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Tyrus, and will cause many nations to come up against thee as the sea causes his waves to come up. Notice how that waves and sea are represented as people, nations of people. This is all the way through the Bible. Okay, Now, we're going to uh, skip over uh, to the, um, uh, you know, um, the 20th verse, and uh, I guess I guess we better start with the 19th verse uh, of the 26th chapter of Ezekiel. For thus saith the Lord, when I shall make thee a desolate city, like the cities not inhabited, when I shall bring up the deep upon thee, and great waters cover thee, when I shall bring thee down with them that descend into the pit, 
with the people of, of old time, and shall set uh, uh, shall, shall set thee in the low parts of the earth, in the places desolate of old, with them that go down to the pit, that uh, that thou be not inhabited. And I shall set glory in the land of the living. I will make thee a terror, and thou shalt be no more. Though thou be sought for, thou shalt not be found, saith the Lord. Now, when people read things like this, <clears throat> they don't understand that from one line to, an, to another line can represent an incredible a lot of time and, and, and things happening. You know, thou shalt be a terror. Okay, that can go on for generations. And then I will make an end of thee. That can come at the end of that generations of time of being a terror. And, and people don't read that. They read it like, thou shalt be a terror, bam, you're dead. And that is just the lack of understanding that the Bible is condensed. And, and that, that you have to read it with this knowledge of interspersing it. Because if you don't intersperse it, then you are not going to get the true sense out of the word. And that's just what it amounts to. Now, um, this is, is a story that goes along with, with uh, the whisper of Satan. Uh, this revelation in uh, chapter 29 of the book of Isaiah, in which uh, Satan whispers into the dust, and the dust is just like when God created man out of the dust. Uh, hundreds and thousands of, of, of uh, entities are created. And uh, it's tying into this, the scripture, uh, you know, in the prophets that talked about uh, that hell would rise to meet uh, th this person. Well, this person, of course, we've already described him in Thessalonians and, and uh, you know, Second uh, uh, Thessalonians, and we already described him uh, in the sixth chapter of uh, Ephesians, uh, is the cosmic crater who was who is the angel of destruction and who was co-owned with Satan and so he's one of the angels of, of Satan co-owned with him he's come out of Satan and now he he um, goes down into in to hell uh Remember, I read you the scripture where where uh, Satan is, uh, as Lucifer Satan, is handed the key to the bottomless pit. So he is in control, and then he sends down the cosmocrator, described in the sixth chapter of, uh, of Ephesians, and 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 in and in uh, uh, the book of uh, of uh, Revelations, and he goes uh, there, and uh, uh, he is the king becomes the king of the bottomless pit. Okay, now uh, the, the Bible says, you know, the, the greatest kings that have ever lived, some of the greatest people, rise to meet him. And, 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 and the thing they don't understand is uh, the cosmocrator also having the capability of a physical body. Because they just think, you know, well, you've got a physical body, you'll not remember the angelic powers. But, you know, it has to be explained to them, this is a special kind of, of um, uh, a body that, um, that is it's a laminated uh, body. It has capable many personalities, and it also has the 
the connection uh, with the other uh, Ko'un angels and, and Lucifer uh, to be able to be constantly updated as to all the things that he once was and, and, and his history and the future. And and so uh, they they go and they make this connection because uh, we explain that whenever you open a door, you know, like when Jesus went down and preached to the, the people as described in Peter, who were sometimes disobedient during the flood, went down there and preached to those people that that then, uh, you know, this is very interesting, uh, that opened the door for, for an, at any time uh, Lucifer to, to then go down also in, into hell and, and uh, to loosen people from their bondage. And, and he's going to use those people, he's going to give them bodies, he's going to use those people uh, for his works uh, when he gathers Gog and Magog as the sands of the sea against the holy city. And and that's all coming in the future. That's all part of the revelation. But let's go on with this revelation about Tyre and, and, and Tyrus. Okay, Tyre is, was located off the coast of Lebanon. And um, it was a it's small little uh, uh, place, uh, you know, um, that jetted out from the from the the uh, coast uh, part of Lebanon, and um, uh, it uh, became uh, a, a place that the Phoenicians built ships, and and they some of the the greatest uh, um, uh, soldiers uh, possibly that ever lived became um, soldiers belonging to their garrisons. And uh, they were a very, uh, a very powerful uh, uh, group, and they they had uh, they were the only really true and powerful navy uh, in the world at the time. They had the 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 top navy ships, the top and, and navigation capabilities, and uh, they uh, uh, were very involved in trade, going out and, and to different nations, picking up various kinds of uh, merchandise, bringing it back, selling it to all the nations. Uh, even Israel bought from them, and all kinds of nations bought from them. And now what you've got here is a real duplicate of what it tells you in the book of Revelations with Babylon. And, and we'll see the connection as, as we, we get into this. But in the 27th chapter of Ezekiel, you know, uh, it says, uh, verse 2, uh, Now thou, son of man, take up a lamentation for Tyrus, and say unto Tyrus, O thou situate at the entry of the sea, which art a merchant of the people for many isles, thus saith the Lord, O Tyrus, thou hast said, I am perfect beauty. Thy borders are in the midst of the seas. Thy beauties have perfected the, thy um, uh, builders have perfected thy beauty, uh, and it goes on telling about all the things they do. To, in verse eight, it says the inhabitants of Zidon and and uh, Arvad were thy mariners, thy wise men, O Tyrus, that were in thee were thy pirates, uh, pilots. Sorry, the anxious of of Gebel. Uh, the wise men thereof were in thy, uh, were in thee, uh, thy cockers and all the ships of the sea, uh, with their uh, mariners. Mariners were in thee to occupy thy merchandise. Um, it just goes on and on and on. I wouldn't even have time to, to, to read it. But there was people in in their army from Persia, from Lud, from from uh, Fat, 
uh, and uh, they hanged their shields of war and helmets uh, at that uh, uh, nation there of, of Tyre and Tyrus. And uh, uh, they, um, they have made in the 11th verse uh, thy beauty perfect. Uh, <clears throat> so all these different human beings with all their traits and capabilities uh, and wisdoms uh, collectively uh, are counted as being one uh, that made Tyrus being what Tyrus is. And there's an example of that. But the thing that needs to be seen here is that the language of, of this in the 27th uh, uh, verse, uh, 27th chapter of uh, Ezekiel, um, and uh, beginning in, let's say, the third verse down at the bottom part of it, thus saith the Lord God, O Tyrus, thou hast said, I am perfect. Uh, this is put in past tense. Uh, the um, uh, eighth uh, verse uh, talks about uh, Otiris uh, that were in thee, were thy pilots, past tense. Uh, if you skip over uh, to uh, verse 11, uh, thine army were upon the walls. Um, uh, there are all kinds of, of examples of past tense uh, you know that are are going all all through here, uh, like verse uh, twenty one and and uh, uh, various uh, other verses, and that takes it all the way down to the paragraph of of, of twenty six, and then the paragraph in twenty six, the language changes, and instead of being past tense, in verse twenty eight it says. The suburbs shall shake at the sound of the cry. Uh, verse 29, uh, uh, you know, and the uh, pilots of the sea shall come down from their ships. Uh, verse 31, and they shall make themselves utterly bald. Verse 32, and in their wailing they shall take up lamentations. Uh, and and uh, that goes right on uh, through, uh, you know, uh, to the uh, verses of uh, 36. And so we've got a strange thing here. We've got, uh, you know, a past tense, and yet this is a prophecy at the time it was given of something that had not happened yet. And so it is shown as being this incredible great prophecy of an event uh, by Ezekiel that many, 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 many generations, years of time uh, was prophesied and given. And yet, in the language of it, there was a transition that was made between the tenses, and that was for a reason. And and the the reason was is that uh, there was a continuum of this. And I'm going to tell you this story in just a little bit because it's so very interesting, you know. And um, and and they were they were very very uh, you know uh, in, in important. Uh, okay, now let let me get into this story. So. Um, uh, they are powerful as an army. They are incredibly powerful as a navy. Uh, they have the capability of going, you know, going all over the world. The word Tyre, Tyrus, means rock, and and uh, that is um, a very very important thing. Uh, in Psalms uh, thirty-one two, uh, David writes that it says, "The Lord is my rock and fortress." Um, that we have the word that David uses, Selah, which actually means rock. And, of course, Peter was called a stone. Um, 
and and uh, we have the word uh, in Deuteronomy 32:31, which tells us that there were two rocks. There was the divine rock, which was the Lord, and then there was the rock Satan, the Lucifer Satan rock, and, and and these were two principalities that were opposed to one another, and and so we have these two different rocks. Well, one of the names of of Tyrus actually was it actually means rock and and so this is actually a, a shadow and a type of satan now how could it be a shadow and a type of satan and represent all these things about the different kinds of uh, army um, uh, elite that were hanging their shields and bucklers uh, in uh, you know the fortress hold of that city and how that there are these wise men and all of these well it, it, it is a uh, a physical uh, explanation and symbolism of a shadow and type of of Lucifer and his co-unings because in the um, the 28th chapter of uh, Ezekiel, uh, beginning, uh, you know, with the, with the 12th verse, it says, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. But when you look at the history of what it said that I read to you, that, that sum of history and beauty is the collectiveness of these wise people, uh, of these uh, various kinds of soldiers, of these artisans, of, of all these people that were pilots, uh, their summation is what made uh, the, 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 the perfection of this wisdom and the perfection of the beauty. And so it was, it, it was that summation. Well, let's go on with the summation because it reveals in here what that shadow on the type was really representing. You know, uh, and it says... Um, Thou sealest up the, the sum full of wisdom and beauty in, uh, and perfect in beauty. We're in Ezekiel 28. Uh, we just finished verse 12. Then it goes on. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Now, people think, oh, well, he's been right there where Adam was. Well, you know, you have to understand that Eden is not the garden. The garden is in Eden, in the east of Eden. And there's a west garden and there's an east garden. And, and, and the, the garden where Adam and Eve were was the East Garden. Now, there is, uh, over the, the mountains of Lebanon, uh, uh, there is that valley where the Jordan River comes up. And, and uh, just this side of Damascus, uh, and, and, and uh, uh, some kilometers up the road from the Sea of Galilee, is Mount Hermon. And it's mainly known for its three peaks. And uh, the Holy Manifest describes those three peaks as being the the chosen uh, pinnacles. Uh, one representing uh, the the dragon, and and the the uh, Garden West. Uh, the middle one representing uh, the neutral zone. Uh, you know, like Tree of Life and and the um, uh, uh, Tree of uh, of Good and Evil Knowledge, and then the third one representing uh, the Garden East, uh, uh, where Adam and Eve were, and these three different peaks representing that. Uh, Hermon uh, is also, according to Deuteronomy, uh, the um, 
It's also Zion, S-I-O-N, which also can pronounce, be pronounced Z-I-O-N. So, so the uh, one Zion that's close to, in Jerusalem is just a representation of the Zion, which is Hermon. And I've done a lot of teaching on this. and You could go back to my sermons and tapes and hear those teachings to get the scriptures. I can't just keep repeating these things. But, but uh, anyway, uh, the uh, Garden of Eden uh, was from those, that side of the mountain all the way over to the other side of the mountain, all the way along that coast. It was a huge area that went all the way up to Turkey. Uh, that went even into Africa and over into Egypt. And, and, uh, and this uh, Eden then uh, included Tyre and Tyrus. And so when it said you've been in the Garden of Eden, uh, yeah, yeah, that part of it, uh, or you have, you know, you have been in, uh, uh, you you have been in Eden, uh, uh, and uh, that that would include that, uh, where it calls it uh, the Garden of God. Uh, that would be the part that incorporates those three different pinnacles on Hermon, where Jesus went into the Transfiguration, and and so what did we have in the Garden of God? Well, the Manifest teaches. And I don't have a scripture to give you to give you time to give you the scripture on it, but it teaches that a holy planetome came down on that mountain area, and and that when Adam and Eve would go inside of the certain place in that uh, in that uh, planetome, uh, they would be taught and they they would they would be um, uh, you know filled with spiritual uh, um, uh, energy. And uh, someone says, oh, well, I know there's nothing like that in the Bible. Yes, there is. I mean, when you really read about uh, the New Jerusalem, uh, it is like a planetome. And the Bible says it comes down out of heaven. And it's this huge thing. And, and it lands up, up on the earth, tells where it's going to land. And so that's like a, another planetome coming down. This New Jerusalem comes down from heaven as a planetome and lands, and it's there for a period of time. And then eventually, uh, you know, uh, all of this this ends, and the and and the children of God, the planetome of Jerusalem, goes up and goes back uh, to the Father's house. Uh, you know, uh, in the heaven uh, that the that the uh, Father's house is. Not the heaven of heavens, but because it's a physical realm. Okay, so then anyway, see if I can cover this. Let's go on. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God, because that includes the garden of God. And every precious stone, now here's the connection. Every precious stone, stone, rock, stone, was thy covering. The sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, the gold. The workmanship of thy tablets, uh, of thy pipes, was prepared in thee in the day thou was created. Okay, who is this Tyrus? Who is this person that's talking about that is the name uh, of, uh, of a city, of an uh, island city? Well, it says, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. I have set thee so. Thou was upon the holy mountain of God. That's the mountain I'm talking about. The holy mountain is Hermon. And there's lots of scripture for that. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou was perfect in thy ways, perfect as, as a cherubim, but not as an ophanim. From the day thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. And so now we see that that all of this other business that is shadow and type 
uh, tell about the mariners, the soldiers with their with their uh, spears and and uh, all that being hanging on on the walls and and all these brilliant men and the beauty of all of that was a a, a shadow and a type of this thing about uh, the co-owning of of uh, Lucifer, all these angels that he was co-owned with they're represented by stones um just search the bible uh if you don't have time to go and listen to some of my other teachings you'll see how stones uh, do represent people and and uh, that they are uh, this very uh, uh, bible for for uh, shadows and types and so there we have this incredible story now when we look back at part of this story uh, where it is talking here in uh, Ezekiel 27, and it says, um, What city is like Tyrus? Like the destroyed in the midst of the sea. What city is like Tyrus? Oh, does that ever sound interestingly familiar? Let's look at Revelations 18.18. 18. In Revelations 18.18, 18, here is what it says. 18.18. 18. And they cried when they saw the smoke of her burning, speaking about uh, uh, Babylon. What city is likened to this great city? Now, let me just talk here and tell you some of the, this story, okay? Tyre was invaded by Nebuchadnezzar, and he brought his huge army and his engineers to fight and I'm sure he thought probably in a few days or a week he would defeat Tyre. But, the, but history tells us that he, that he camped against it and fought, fought against it for over 13 years. Over 13 years. And then one day when they decided it looked like there was not getting that much resistance from the city and they must be you know, out of food or out of ammunition, they decided to invade it. So all the huge army of Nebuchadnezzar made an invasion, and they had their siege machines, and they got over the walls, and when they got inside the city, there was only a handful of people. All of the armory, all of the, the, uh, the pilots and the wise men, all of the soldiers, they were gone because they had slowly been shipping out to an island, a close nearby island called Tyrus. And they, began, they moved all of their, their city, except just a handful of people that could be up on the walls making it look like there were still people there. And when the army of Babylon got inside Tyre, where, the, where this great armed forces was, they were moved, they were gone, and there was water separating them. And that ended the siege of Babylon. So they didn't really defeat. They fought for 13 years, and they didn't really defeat Tyre. They didn't really defeat them. Because they outmaneuvered him. Okay, now, along comes Alexander the Great. And he has, he's always interested in stories. 
And the story that's well known is that in Tyre, there was an altar unto Hercules. So he came and he communicated with the, with the uh, Tyrus, uh, the Tyrians that were out at the, on the island. And he says, I would like to come and worship at the altar of Hercules. Well, they didn't want someone like, um, um, you know, Alexander the Great and, and with all his insight and knowledge to come inside and be able to just in a, a few moments see the whole situation of the city and know exactly what strategies to take. Uh, so they said, oh, well, uh, there is still an, a part of an altar left on, on Tyre, uh, and that is the original altar, and, and we'd like to invite you to go there and worship Her- Hercules there. <clears throat> well, <laughs> the, the, the story is, is that just infuriated, absolutely infuriated him, and and um, uh, you know our, uh, this this great man, this great uh, Alexander the Great uh, person, uh, decided that he would bring his soldiers and army against uh, you know Tyrus and defeat them. Well, that was not an easy thing because now they were separated by o- ocean from the land. And, and they were the best navy in the world. Uh, and so to even get out there with his soldiers was just uh, really an impossibility. And I know that some of his, his uh, <clears throat> engineers and different people must have thought, you know, what is he doing? There's no way you can get out there and cross these waters and defeat these people. But what Alexander decided to do was all the debris that was left from from their former city on the island of Tyre, all the rocks and the rubble, he began to have that scraped uh, and and, and create a causeway uh, because it was about a little over a half a mile between the former Tyre and now the Tyrus and to fill in uh, the sea there and make a causeway that he could bring his army uh, to, toward Tyrus uh, to war against them. Well, of course, by that time, they have built up another gigantic tall war, a wall uh, that going around that side of the city uh, where they could, uh, uh, you know, because they, it, it, uh, Alexander the Great was seven months in this war. Seven months. That's over a half of a year fighting in this war. Uh, it was not any easy thing. And uh, as soon as any of the uh, soldiers would even get out anyways near, there was just a total volley of, of uh, arrows and missiles that would come over and kill them. <clears throat> so they had to build um, uh, these um, big shields uh, called uh, Tartaruses. And, uh, and that was so that when these uh, missiles would come over, that that would protect the soldiers so they could continue their work on, uh, you know, building uh, this causeway. Um, then he had his engineers further in uh, working on uh, these um, towers um, called um, Heliopolis. Uh, uh, the Heliopolis towers uh, were um, 
incredible, uh, incredible siege machines. And there had never been anything built like them, and there never has been anything built like them since. Um, they, um, they were uh, over 20 stories high up to the topmost platform. And uh, including the, the height of the platform, it went over 160 feet high from off the ground. So uh, they, they had on these uh, siege towers wheels so that they could roll them up to the, um, the wall of, of Tyrus. And they had it so that this platform that was on the top, uh, through various uh, mechanisms uh, that would uh, uh, allow them uh, to have special leverage, it would move that, that platform up into the air and it would come down on top of the wall. So the soldiers could go up the tower and then they could come charging down uh, the, uh, the ramp uh, over the wall and attack the city. And uh, and and uh, that was just not anything that had ever been done before. It was not something that uh, the the Tyrus people expected. And uh, I suppose he probably moved uh, those uh, siege machines that were over 160 feet tall uh, during the night. And uh, and then all of a sudden they made their charge. And by the end of the seven months, uh, they had destroyed and slaughtered. Uh, all of the uh, the soldiers and the people of Tyrus. I suppose there been may have been some that got away on on ships, but but they defeated. And so it was not Nebuchadnezzar that defeated Tyre and Tyrus. It was actually uh, uh, Alexander. Well, the Bible doesn't mention in that particular area of the Bible, and even in Daniel, uh, precisely explain anything like that. Uh, of of this thing with with um, Alexander the Great, although obviously Alexander the Great, uh, as represented by Greece, uh, Greece was represented. So we see uh, that that uh, that seems to be the end of it, but actually it's not the end of it, because uh, we see that this whole thing continues in the Book of Revelations. So when we get over into like uh, the book of Revelations uh, and we're over here to um, uh, like that scripture I was reading to you a little a while ago and uh, we, we start seeing that uh, there is, uh, you know, there is there's actually uh, quotes there that are, you know, are to do about this this city uh, which is <clears throat> made to sound just like uh, the same description of Tyrus. And there is involved there, you know, Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king of Babylon. And now we've got a queen of Babylon. And um, and so this queen of Babylon, she is in, in charge of, um, of, of this uh, Babylon uh, whole system. Now, we have a prophecy going back many, many years. that there will be a new kind of system replacing the League of Nations, replacing the United Nations, that will be like a world government headquarters. And it will be put on the island 
of Tyre and Tyrus. They're going to fill that all in, and they're going to make it an incredible uh, capital uh, uh, for this world order. And, and, and that, that's all part of the plan. And actually, this is part of the area that uh, the, uh, the Queen of Babylon is also set up. She's the one that's really got this all set up. But uh, the ten horns that she rides upon, the, the scarlet beast, uh, are, going to, um, are going to turn against her. And, and the, in the Peace Bible, this new Peace Bible that you'll be getting, it tells the story of how she is given this cup and uses the Bible and how that it, is, it has poison in it. And that she is poisoned, uh, you know, uh, uh, by this, this 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 cup that she is given, and then how that uh, uh, you know Lucifer sets up, uh, you know, uh, uh, his his um, uh, whole new kingdom. He's got it all planned out. Uh, Cosmocrator, uh, you know, all of these these uh, this this uh, uh, son of perdition also being involved. Uh, and, and and that that you know you you can you can find this and uh, you can you can read this uh, for your, yourself. But in in um, Revelations eighteen seven, uh, she says, um, uh, "I set a queen, I set a queen." And uh, <clears throat> in the seventeenth <clears throat> chapter of Revelations, it says, um, "There came one of the angels." Uh, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying, Come unto me, come hither, and I will show you the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. In the second, uh, third verse, it talks about, He sees this woman set upon a scarlet-colored beast, full of the names of blasphemy, having the seven heads and the ten horns. Okay, but later, uh, in verse 12, uh, it it uh, it talks about these ten kings that uh, haven't received a kingdom yet. But obviously, when they do receive a kingdom, <clears throat> in the fifteenth verse, it says, "The waters which thou sawest where the horse setteth are the people and nations, uh, multitudes and tongues." In verse sixteen, and the ten horns which thou sawest upon the beast shall hate the whore, shall hate the queen of Babylon, and shall make her desolate and naked. And shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire, for God has put it in their hearts to fulfill His will, and to agree, <coughs> and to give their kingdom unto the beast, until the words of God should be finished. And if you see this whole scenario, you see Nebuchadnezzar going but not finishing the work against a kind of 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 of, of uh, other system that was opposite of of the uh, Babylonian, but both worldly and and both dealing in merchandise and and uh ha, sort of having the same evil intent and even having their kind of a god in in Hercules uh which ties into the rock and ties into to uh Tyrus being the cherub and and being represented as uh, Hercules and and all of this connection is just astounding because you see there's the two situations there's the, Nebuchadnezzar, the, the, the Nebuchadnezzar Babylon. Then there, then there's the Greek 
uh, you know, uh, our, uh, you know, uh, the 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 great and mighty uh, warrior and soldier uh, uh, from Greek uh, uh, who goes and in seven months defeats uh, this nation, uh, but is still not done because it's still talking in the in the in the future, and then it's to be completed because. This Babylonian city that it's talking about in in Revelations is is there and and at first it seems to have the backing of the scarlet colored beast and the ten horns and and the crowns, but later they turn against her, uh, which is just like uh, a fulfillment of this whole scenario with with Tyre. Therefore, uh, Alexander the Great and 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 Nebuchadnezzar that fit into this, uh, they they are part of a scenario that is used to tie in to the cosmocrator, uh, and and brings what the real reality and the real end is, and it's all part of the plan of God for this to all come out and be fulfilled. And the Scripture says in Thessalonians, that which holds back, you know, holds back until it is the time. And so they couldn't go in there and Nebuchadnezzar defeat him. It wasn't the time. Alexander the Great couldn't completely eradicate and destroy all possibilities, even though it looks like it's bare, because it's going to still come back. There's still people there. It's going to still come back. And it's going to not close out until the scarlet beast and the, and the lay that sets upon her are at war with each other. And then that leads to this incredible expansion of 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 the of the war of the angels uh, and uh and that it all ties in here as we bring this message of uh <clears throat> the whisper of satan uh part uh, 6 to a close there's more i just didn't have the time to get into it we'll have to continue next week with uh, the whisper of satan part 7 okay all oh, my wife is playing the organ I want to just have a prayer. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that this word will find a place in the hearts and the minds of those who have listened. I pray that that the Holy Spirit will come upon them and they'll be able to understand this word and these teachings, which I'm having to do in short order for the time that I have on the broadcast to to tell it. I pray that your Holy Spirit will lead and guide. And then I pray for for the world. I pray that you'll protect this earth from asteroids and debris from outer space. I pray that you'll protect this world, this earth from solar flares. I pray that your Holy Spirit through the, the angels of God the cherubims, the seraphims, and the artisans. I pray, O oh God, that you will protect this earth and that you will give this this world time. These artisans who in the Bible are called angels and in 8136 of the Strong's Concordance are called Shinons. The only time in the Bible that the term has ever been used. They're all part of the revelation of this pomegranate cluster. I pray, God, that they'll be used to protect this earth. I pray for the United States of America 
for your blessings upon it. I pray for Canada for your blessings upon it. I pray for Israel for your blessings upon it. I pray for your mercy upon the other nations of the world. I pray for world salvation. I pray for world healing. I pray for people in the world that are into starvation and hunger and fear and loneliness and imprisonment and torture. I pray for their deliverance according to your will and understanding and mercy. I pray for the people listening tonight that need healing in their body, that the Holy Spirit will go out right now, right this instant, and begin to move in their body and heal them. Heal them now in Jesus' name. May God bless you and keep you, cause His face to shine upon you. God bless you. Until next time. Oh, and if you get a chance to go to the manifesto.com, go to that new thing that I've done called, called World Flash, Future Flash, and get on that. You'll be amazed. God bless.